Well, good morning, everyone. I'm uh, Jonathan Coleman, one of the pastors here at Anderson Hills. Glad you tuned in this morning through our live stream. I pray everyone is well and safe, and uh, as we press on through this season together, uh, I know the good Lord is, is uh, just uh, so good. And we celebrated Easter uh, last week, and it was an amazing Sunday. Uh, Mark Rowland's sermon just truly touched our family's lives, and I know it did yours too. Um, please reach out to any of our staff if you need anything. Uh, message me, whatever you need there, and uh, we want to love on you and take care of you. We miss you. And so we want to continue our series from the story, and we'll be examining the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the birth of the church. Last week, as we read in our Bible reading plan, which you can access on our website, you can read about the power of the Holy Spirit and the dynamic ways in which the Holy Spirit moved in the lives of the disciples, the apostles, to spread the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, his ministry, his death, his resurrection. And so the book of Acts is written by the apostle Luke, and it tells the story of a unique time transition. And we see many changes and transitions from Jesus' earthly ministry and leadership to the apostles' leadership, from hiding to boldness, from no spirit to indwelling and being filled with the spirit, from the national Israel to the universal church, and we see the shift from Jerusalem to the world, and from Jew to Gentile, Judaism to Christianity, from synagogues to the birth of churches, and from law to grace. So beginning with the first chapter, uh, St. Luke, he, he mentions a person that he's writing to, and it's uh, Theophilus. And Luke begins to write right after the risen Savior appeared to, the, over, to, to them over 40 days and taught them about the kingdom of God. And then before Jesus ascended, he told them to wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. So just before Jesus ascends to heaven, he gives them instructions one last instruction he actually tells them to wait and so we see this strategic waiting and from acts 1 8 he says but you will receive power when the holy spirit comes to you you'll be my witnesses in jerusalem and in all judea and samaria and to the ends of the earth and so he told them to wait and that's exactly what they did they waited they prayed and you see, God's plan was to have the gospel proclaimed during Pentecost. Now, Pentecost was actually a Jewish festival. To the Hebrews, it was known as the Festival of Weeks. And the word Pentecost actually comes from Greek, meaning 50. And the festival began 50 days after the Passover. And so the Passover was always celebrated in Jerusalem. And Jews poured in from all the world for the festivities. And the scripture tells us how the festival of weeks was to be celebrated. In Leviticus and Deuteronomy, we learn that each person was to bring uh, a special gift in proportion to the blessing the Lord has given to them. And so all daily work was supposed to be set aside. The people were to gather in worship and give all of themselves to this festival. And so who was invited? And it tells us in the scriptures, it says, Your sons and your daughters, your men, servants, maidservants, the Levites in your town, all aliens, the fatherless, the widows living among you. 
And in other words, God knew it would be packed. Thousands and thousands, possibly million people. Everyone was invited. No wonder Jerusalem was crowded that first day of Pentecost. And no wonder so many different languages were gathered and they were being spoken. And God's plan was to have as much diversity as you could get in one place and in one time. And it was beautiful timing. Absolutely perfect for the Spirit of God to descend and birth the church. It was a perfect time to bring in and usher a new era. And the word got out that Jesus was alive and Pentecost, Pentecost ushered in an age like no other. And the Holy Spirit was ready to descend upon all nation, national representatives, language, and people from everywhere. Let's take a look at what happened. And this is what Jesus promised. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, the crowd came together in bewilderment. And because each one heard their own language being spoken, they were utterly amazed. They asked, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Midis, Amalites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, uh, Pergia, and Pamphylia. Egypt and all parts of Libya, near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans, Arabs, and we hear them declaring wonders of God in our own language. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? But some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Folks, this power that is poured out is for all. Power to usher in the rule of God that lives and reigns in every heart. These prayerful, obedient disciples are filled with God, His own Spirit. And the symbolism is so rich a violent wind, tongues of fire, people hearing and understanding in their own language. Observers utterly amazed. And they hear these Galileans speaking their language, and it freaks them out. You know, they, they had this power to be these witnesses, and that's what the Holy Spirit does. When the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, our worlds are turned upside down. Our worlds are shaken, and our senses quicken, and they come alive to where we witness to this power. Our feet have to become steps of bearing the good news and we are enabled to be utilized by God in a supernatural way as God's witnesses in the world. Today, people need that spirit-filled Christian to come alongside of them and show them this transformational power. You know, uh, there's a wonderful story about a very uh, dignified pastor, and he was visiting a lady in a nursing home, and the lady was confined 
to her wheelchair. And as the pastor stood to leave, this lady asked him for a word of prayer. He gently sat down next to her, took her by the hand, and in somewhat a perfunctory way, he prayed that God would be with her, bring her comfort, strength, and healing. When he finished praying, her face began to glow. She said softly, Pastor, would you help me to my feet out of this wheelchair? Not knowing what else to do, he helped her. And at first, she took a few uncertain steps, and then she began to jump up and down. And then she began to dance and shout and cry with happiness that she was healed until the whole nursing home was aroused. And after she was finished by this solemn prayer, uh, this pastor scampered out to his car. He closed the door. He grabbed hold of the steering wheel, and then he prayed a short prayer, fervent prayer to the Lord. He said, Lord, don't you ever do that to me again. You see, folks, we need to expect the supernatural to happen in our lives, and we have to believe that God is going to show up. People need that healing and that hope today through the ministry of the Spirit-filled Christian right now. And it can happen in this season during this pandemic in so many creative ways. And in this time, we can be witnesses to God's work and God's message and testimony to the gospel in our lives. I believe the gospel is getting into more homes than ever. In this era, this time with which we are walking through, that we're trying to understand and getting this daily knowledge, we have an opportunity to help come alongside people and help them see a difference in us, that we have a faith and no fear, and we have a joy and an empowerment and strength that gets us through these kinds of things in our lives. And they might be asking the same questions that these people who are trying to understand, they might ask this Pentecost morning, what does this mean? Just like them. And we'll be able to share the impact of, man, that life-changing message of the gospel. God's own spirit empowering us to be witnesses. And so in that text, they ask that question, what does this mean? And they're like, oh, they're just drunk with wine. And then Peter stands up. And check this out, how God uses the Holy Spirit-filled heart of burning in Peter. And then he selected passages in Acts 2, and I encourage you to read all of that. And Peter it stood up with the 11. He raised his voice. He addressed the crowd. He said, fellow Jew, Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him. As you know yourselves now, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here today. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him an oath that he would place upon his descendants the throne. 
and seeing what was to come. He spoke of the resurrection by the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor his body see decay. And God raised this Jesus to life. And we are all witnesses of it. Exalted him to the right hand of God, and he has received power from the Father as promised by the Holy Spirit. Poured out what you see and hear. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom our Lord will call. And with many other words, he warned them. He pleaded to them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Listen to this. Those who accepted his message were baptized. 3,000 added to that number that day. Just take that in. This is Peter, man. This is Peter. Remember Peter? We know his story. Fisherman turned into disciple, walked on water. He heard Jesus say, I tell you, you're Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church. That promise fulfilled. Gates of Haiti will not overcome it. However, a few weeks ago, this Peter, he denied Jesus Christ three times before the rooster crowed. That same Peter ran to the empty tomb. That same Peter thought maybe Jesus wouldn't have anything to do with him after those denials. He returned back to his old occupation of fishing. However, the love of the risen Lord, Jesus Christ, sought him out, restored him. And after he restored Peter, he told him to feed my sheep. And folks, well, you see this is the first feeding. This dude is no longer a fisherman. He's an apostle with a burning heart preaching the gospel, and he is power-filled. This is the first sermon that began the church. You know, this Holy Spirit gives us power to be not only witnesses to the supernatural power of God, but also to the power to proclaim the gospel. Peter, Peter told the story of Jesus in this Pentecost sermon. He claims, of all that we are, we're witnesses. We saw it firsthand. And when you break down Peter's sermon in its entirety, it's really a confession of his faith. And, and they can respond to that faith, that testimony, with a yay or nay. Faith begins when, in us when we hear others speak of their faith, either through the pastor, a Sunday school teacher, a parent, a buddy, a co-worker. Their words may be awkward and, and maybe we feel unequipped or whatever, but their thoughts might be simplistic, but their message gets across by way of the Holy Spirit. And it's more than a message delivered with enthusiasm or joy or fire. And that's cool when that really happens, but it's a message that needs to be proclaimed by all of us. And God desires to empower us to proclaim the gospel. Not here necessarily in this fellowship hall on this, this thrust. You know, our faith is caught. More caught than taught. And what's the content of that talking? It's telling the greatest story ever told. As that old movie boldly titles it. 
This is what faith substance, and, and it makes it intelligible from one person to the next. Good news of Jesus Christ, whether preached from a pulpit or chatted across a Zoom meeting room or through social distancing where you're talking to your neighbor from your backyard fence. And it's less than a matter of teaching ideas, more, I think more so inviting the story of God to enter into their story and our story. Peter knew that. Notice that simplicity of his sermon. Before his statement of faith, he simply tells that story of Jesus Christ, his ministry, his death, his resurrection, his relation to David. Only in that narrative in which most Jews heard, they can identify it. Peter proclaimed that fisherman, Jew, now apostle, they understood that teaching. And what happened? 3,000 people became Christians that day, baptized. God used that spirit-filled Peter, and God most certainly can use you. You don't have to be a preacher, teacher. <laughs> you, know, you don't have to be apostle. You're just you, man. Before, I, I, love, I love leading Emmaus retreats. And before each talk on a retreat, there's this Emmaus prayer that I absolutely love. It's called the prayer to the Holy Spirit. It's a Pentecost prayer. It says, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. O oh God, by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful. Grant that by that same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy your consolations through Christ our Lord. Amen. Just a couple of months ago, <laughs> We stayed in the church, you know, 24, 30 men, and most of the guys were not clergy. I was actually only two clergy, uh, me and another dude. And I heard these talks from these guys, and some of you guys are watching now. And those guys gave the most powerful testimonies of the gospel working in them that I have ever heard. Through God's spirit of empowerment, how God entered into the story and healed. And they were stories of imperfections. There was story and history of failures and fears and experiences that truly hurt. But the power of those men's story of how God redeemed them and healed them eternally through the ministry of the Holy Spirit was mind-blowing. Changed their story when it intersected. And the Holy Spirit entered, and testimony and proclamation came. You see, God desires to use his followers. Listen to what Peter writes in his letter, his first letter, chapter 2. This is Peter. But you are a chosen race, royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you might proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. <laughs> Listen to this. Once you were not a people, but now you're God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Listen to how this amazing transformation occurs in this. Once fisherman is now writing these supernatural, most incredible letters, along with other disciples that were ever written in the history of the world, man. But it's because they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Did you hear that? You get called out of darkness by God. You're brought near by his mercy. 
Each of us can sum up our experiences, our story. And when God intersects with that story, the past, whether it's mom and dad's divorce, or losing a job, or a loss of a loved one, or a failure, or a rejection, or maybe even what's before us, of maybe postponing a significant event because of this pandemic. When God enters in that story, amazing healing and Holy Spirit ministry can take place. These experiences shape us. We hope those memories that are good and make us smile will outweigh the bitter, scarring one. There's, 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 there's a guarantee with the Holy Spirit that that'll happen. Trust me, I believe it. I'm living it, man. These challenges happen in our life story. But God is able to walk along with us and through the ministry and empowerment of the Holy Spirit give us comfort, strength, and power to proclaim these truths. How does this happen? When we give our lives in total surrender. Notice the wording in Peter's sermon. Repent, believe, be baptized, and then the Holy Spirit will come. And that invitation expands into our lives to where the living gospel lives in us. God's writing that story right now in you. Or maybe you need to say yes to him. And be one of those who say, how? How can I experience this Holy Spirit? Peter understood it when he stood up at the 11 and spoke. And through Acts, you see the unleashing of the apostle to where they're running alongside of chariots and proclaiming this story. They're, they're going into homes and proclaiming that story. They're healing and doing the same very ministry of Jesus Christ. And it still happens today. Let's look at what the church, let's look at the church starting and being and doing. Let's take a look at this. Acts 2, 42 uh, through 47. Look at what the, the ministry of the church starts. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe as many wonders and signs performed by the apostles and all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property, possessions, Gave to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together. And with glad and sincere hearts, they praised God and enjoyed favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You know, our lives are not... <laughs> are not destined for disappointment because of frustrations or failures or maybe old uh, compulsions that seem to reign. It's that the grace and the ministry of the Holy Spirit that says that our, our destined lives as Christians are destined for this, that we read at the end of this chapter. His own Holy Spirit teaches us how to live, and through the Holy Spirit as a church, we do this together. And maybe right now we have to, we have to spend some time apart but this is who we are. It is. Power for ministry. This is Jesus' replication, man. Not only does, it, does the Holy Spirit empowers us, but strengthens us and teaches the truths of God and grows our character to become more like Christ. 
The Holy Spirit in us assures us that we're never alone in difficult times. And that same Spirit reminds us that God will work in all things together for the good of those who love Him and who are called according to His purpose. You know, and think about this. God the Father missionally sent God the Son. The Son tells them to receive the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit missionally sends them. And the same goes for us. We're mission people, my friends. And the Holy Spirit always sends. Maybe things are different now in that sending, in the way we practice this. We're still sent to, to witness, proclaim, and minister. And we get the power from him. Jesus says, I'm sending to you. I'm sending you. What an incredible calling. There's no way. We could live the mission of Jesus with our own energy. Trust me. You know, you try to do that. This is not, you just can't do it. We can't do this gospel missional stuff with our own skills. Jesus gives us something so much more, the power of God living and reigning in us. And the gifts are poured out. This past Thursday, um, we were passing out free groceries um, and uh, picked up, like 35 foot-long subs and chips and everything, and people were pulling in, getting free groceries, free subs. Had the old uh, mask on and uh, spinning the sign saying free groceries. It was such a joy to do it. People are coming in, and, you know, why are you guys doing this? Well, because this is what we do. This is the power for ministry. This is the creative leading. And, and as we're strict, strictly sensitive to the Holy Spirit leading, this is just what we do. I got to hang the letters on the new sign that you just saw up there that Mark Putman showed you. Yeah, we had our masks on, but man, we were giving to everyone. Sue Lee was just pouring out prayers and love. We were, they were popping up their trunks. We're loading these groceries. It was awesome. We gave to anyone who had need. That's who we are, man. And the Holy Spirit does these amazing people are amazing things for these people through the ministry of us, and they see Christ in us. And I got a feeling. No, not a feeling. I know for a fact that there's going to be more creative ministry coming from spirit-filled Christians. Whether you're a part of Anderson Hills or want to be a part of Anderson Hills, it's going to happen, man. It's going to happen in our communities. And when we filled, are filled with the Holy Spirit, we will be sent. So my friends, know that there is power for witness and proclamation and ministry. Will you join me in prayer? Just breathe in. <laughs> Holy Spirit, come. Fill the hearts of your faithful. Fire your love burn in us. Empower us. Lord, we know we're going to do the same ministry that you did, and you said we would even do greater things in a time such as this. We need you. We need that power. We love you. You promised that you would rise from the dead and you're risen forever. It continues eternally. You promised the power of the Holy Spirit, and you kept your promises. We love you. So here we are. We raise our hand and say, lead us, dear Lord, by your spirit. Go in the same ministry and transform lives through you and by you. Amen.